Welcome to Restaurant Influencers, powered by Entrepreneur Magazine and Yelp. My name is Sean Walchef, founder of Cali Barbecue Media. In life and in the restaurant business, we learn through lessons and stories. Today, we have a very special guest, Stacy Poonkinney of the Trails Eatery. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here. So, for people that don't know the Food Network star, Restaurant Impossible, can you please give us a two-minute drill? So one of the things we like to teach our listeners is everyone needs an elevator pitch. And restaurant owners were phenomenal at telling stories in real life. To get a restaurant open, you have to convince your significant other, you have to convince the bank, you have to convince the community. But once it comes to telling your story to the camera, a lot of people don't know how to do it. You do a phenomenal job. Please give us two-minute drill. Stacy Poonkinney. The two-minute drill of my, my quick story. Your quick basically. story, yes. Great. Grew up in my mom's kitchen. I was that kid you could not get out of the kitchen. Fell in love with the restaurant industry when I had to work in it in order to make ends meet while I was in college. Went to school for something totally different. Never meant to be here. Um, actually meant to be behind the camera. I was a comm major uh, studying to do film and video. Uh, and then I just never got out of the business. I ran big restaurants. I did uh, all kinds different things. I was a professional dancer. I owned a tattoo shop. Uh, and then voila, boom, I had this little tiny gem and it was called Megan's uh, Cafe back then. Then we decided to uh, grow in the middle of a pandemic. Not a pandemic. Oh my God, that's the now. Recession. That the recession. Y'all, it feels the same, right? It does. Like it if feels, you've been through both, it's, yes. it's We've absolutely been through, the both same. Both of us have Woo. been through both. Yeah, so yes, we survived a recession, but yes. not really well. Asked for some help with Restaurant Impossible. They came through. It was the most amazing experience. Got to meet a lot of phenomenal people and then discovered I do this TV thing kind of okay. Um, and ended up on restaurant or on Food Network Star. Did Food Network Star, have shot dozens of shows since then, pilots, all kinds of fun things. Um, but we're still here, and that's the most important part, growing the Trails Eatery, doing new things, meeting new people, and having great experiences. I mean, I love your story. Obviously, you and I have become friends. Uh, Watch the trails, me and my wife and my kids, we come and we eat here all the time. It's the best breakfast in San Diego. But what we love and why we're so excited about this show is that we get to teach restaurant owners and people in the hospitality space how important it is to tell your story. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we love to talk about is something that's so hard for entrepreneurs, for restaurant owners, it was hard for me, and that's asking for help. Mm. You mentioned that you went through a tough time in the beginning when you opened up this restaurant mm -hmm. that you actually had to reach out and ask for help. Can you tell us that story? Yeah, well, asking for help really requires swallowing your pride. And I think that is uh, the, the biggest part of that lesson for me was saying, like, you know, you can't do everything all the time on your own. And there's a lot of smart people out there that know a lot more than you do. Um, and asking for their help is totally okay. Um, so, you know, we waited to ask for help until we were literally backed into a corner. Um, it was the winter. I had just had a baby, uh, my daughter, who's 12 now. Um, and what people don't know uh, in the public, because a lot of people are like, that show's fake. But <laughs> let me tell you how real it was. Um, the power at our house was turned off because I hadn't paid myself in four months. And uh, I had an infant, you know, and we didn't have power. And it was that moment of desperation um, that I decided it's time to reach out. And magically, an article uh, from the UT showed up on my desk. And it was like, you know, this show is in town looking for, uh, you know, struggling restaurants or failing restaurants. It was a sweet lady um, who used to eat here named Lois. And she had, had been in PR and she circled the failing part and put, not true. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> so true. You just don't know. Um, 
because nobody out here knew, right? Like we have this like magic curtain in restaurants where we have to put on face and like make sure everyone feels like their experience is okay. We could be dying in the background, um, but our job is to make sure that you know the magic is never broken. Although Restaurant Impossible taught me something totally different about that, which we can get to that later. We will get to that. Yes. Um, so anyhow, I took Lois's advice and in my moment of desperation, uh, reached out and said, what else do I have to lose? Right? Like my family isn't safe because we don't have heat. My uh, crew is on the verge of not being paid. Literally, I had like one more paycheck to get to them. And um, I'm going to lose my business. So why not ask for help? Uh, it took that level of despair for me to swallow my pride, yeah. which I have uh, been reformed from that now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the restaurant owners or anybody that's in the business understands the power of asking for help and you don't have to be in a dire situation um, when you do ask for help. But tell us about the experience because so many people that open up a business that are fortunate enough to, to feed the village, to take care of a community, we always want to take care of more people, right? And in order to get that, you want to have earned media, you want to have opportunities. You have people all over the world that have seen that show that come to visit your restaurant. What was the experience like and what were the lessons learned? Uh, I, the experience of having been on a show that had such broad reach um, has only been positive, frankly. Um, and it was this um, lesson in love and vulnerability. You know, to stand in front of people and say, we're, we're failing in these ways, and we've missed in these ways, and we need help. Um, and to cry on television that people have seen all over the world uh, was really humbling. Um, but it, what it did is it, is it literally cracked my heart open and showed everybody. And what that did was let a lot of love in. People sent cards and gifts and well wishes from all over the place. Uh, people would trickle in here. I actually had a map for a while of places <laughs> where people had come from. I have them all like in a box now. Um, I, I will tell you this, I went to Rome with my girlfriends a few years ago. Three, four years ago, it all feels the same now because of COVID. Um, and when we're in line at the Colosseum, there's a look. <laughs> the like I've seen you on TV look. There's like this it's like slight side eye and they're really like trying to figure out how they know you, right? And um, my girlfriends were like, they're giving you the look. And I'm like, oh my God, they are. They're giving me the look. I'm like, how the heck are they giving me the look? I'm like, oh, what's going on? We're just trying to go to the Coliseum. So we go to the Coliseum, we do our thing, we get back to our Airbnb that night, and we flip on the TV. It's the only time that we've actually flipped on the TV. Yes. And lo and behold, it is a Restaurant Impossible marathon. No way. I, I'm not <laughs> kidding. I'm sure I had been on TV sometime in the last couple of days there, and we laughed so hard. And I was like, all right, y'all, I'm just wearing a hat <laughs> for now on, like moving my way through all of Rome with a hat on. So um, it was, it was uh, interesting and funny. But it, it's neat, like the what happens, right? What happens is incredible. It's also, I think, the most important thing that you talked about is, is your, your broken heart, mm. is sharing your broken heart. And that's something that we hope that the listeners of this podcast, the viewers, understand that there's never been a time in all of history that you can share your story online without, you don't need Food Network to do it. Mm -hmm. You have the tool, you have Instagram, you have Twitter, you have TikTok, you have LinkedIn, you have the ability to share your vulnerability, and that's what people connect with. Mm -hmm. 
you know, the more that you've given to your community, the more that your community has supported you. Can you talk about the trails in San Carlos and what, what it's meant to, to be here and, and persevere through all of this? Absolutely. I mean, people always say, like, how did you do it? And I said, well, I didn't do it alone. Yes. Um, not only do we have a phenomenal team in-house, but we have the most wonderful community around us. And I mean San Carlos, which is the immediate area around us. Like, it's a very small town feel here in this area. Um, it feels like almost Midwestern-y, and I can say that because I lived in Montana. Um, it's that kind of place where you know your neighbors, you grow up there, people move away, they come back when they have families. And um, that thing, that like genuine care, uh, it just, it, it's like, a, it just grows. And as we give to the community, like we're very active in giving to our elementary schools and our junior highs and um, even you know medical centers and stuff like that. But that's that's not what it is. It's the give here. Yeah. It's the give at the table. It's the like sitting down and how are you and what's going on. Um, I'm gonna not cry, but I was at the bedside last night of a guest who's dying, who has become my family, and I spent hours with her and people from my team showed up to say goodbye to her because she has become genuinely our family. That's what this place is. That's what the trails is. That's what vintage hospitality is. It's about making real connections with real people and finding out what matters to them and then figuring out how we can deliver on that. That's it. That's It's so simple. It's the basis for everything we do. Yeah, I mean, it makes my hair stand up. It was one of the things that, why I got into the business was, it's that genera generational aspect of hospitality, mm -hmm. of understanding that it's so much bigger than the cash register ringing. It's about taking care of not just one family, but the next generation. You know, when I bring my son and my daughter in to eat here, knowing that at some point they would love to come and bring their children here and like that's what i got to see in the restaurant business that's something that you've got to see especially being able to persevere as long as you have um, can you tell me just a little bit about a lesson or a story about business something that you failed in that you realized that you needed to change in order for you to sustain this business Ooh, I failed in a lot of things. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> like, you can't own a business without no. being like, wow, that didn't wow, go well. Idea, right? <laughs> yeah, whoops, throwing that one right on out. Um, there's a lot of those. Um, I think the biggest one, um, to be honest, when it, it comes down to it, is not changing our service style sooner. Yeah. So uh, COVID forced us to do everything differently 100 times. Yep. And uh, what we finally got to at the end was making sure that we changed our service style from full service to fast casual. Now, here's the thing. I will say it out loud. I am a big believer in full service dining. I love to sit down at a table and have somebody wait on me and build that relationship table side. Um, but what I recognize is with what we have going on here in California, in particular with labor, which I support, yeah. Um, I support a living wage. I think it's critical. Um, I support uh, team members feeling like they can pay their bills and not work three jobs. Um, but what that means, well, that combined with crazy pricing and yes. uh, things that we can't control, what it means is that we really have to do business differently so that we can survive Correct. and that our business as a whole can survive. So uh, I understood this years ago um, that we would have to change to fast casual. Um, I probably should have done it three years ago, maybe even four. Um, but COVID gave us the reason 
and it was like the nail in the coffin. We have to do this now. We cannot move forward without doing this. Um, it's actually, I remodeled the restaurant in 09, um, and there is like a power cord just on the other side of this. I put that there knowing that one day I would have a cold case and I would have walk-up service. Yeah. That's 09. Yep. We're in 22, y'all. It's been a few years, so I knew it was coming. Um, and I should have moved sooner on it because I think my family would have had, um, it would have been easier times. Because it's hard to make a living in this business. It's very hard. People see it, it feels like very glamorous to everybody. They're like, oh Full my restaurant, God. you must be crushing it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Your bank, bank account's overflowing, yeah. <laughs> you snorted <laughs> Yeah. That's not the case. You're like, well, any of the money in the you bank account is probably going to somebody yeah, else, it's, right? It's due, it's yeah. due somewhere, yes. Um, yeah, so it, it is, uh, it's nice to be able to not make like four cents on the dollar, it makes six, you yes. know? Um, it makes a big difference Huge. at the end of the day to, our, our family life um, and and also um, this is something that I've come to recently it's okay to be in business and make money yes that's what we all got We're not into in a it for business. we are not in a nonprofit business yeah. I, I am unapologetic about my need um, and desire to earn a living um, that matches the effort I put into my business and into our community I agree and I appreciate that. One of the things we talk about a lot on this podcast is technology. Mm. We can't go anywhere in any business and not see technology changing the rate of how do we do things, you know? And for us, we think customer service is bullshit. Customer service is treating someone like a human. Yeah, thank you. Like that's just like, that's the bare bones minimum is yeah. what customer service is. If the phone rings, you answer it, of course. Yeah. Hospitality is the memorable moments that you make. Mm. but. We need technology to help move us forward, move our businesses forward, make us more profitable. Can you talk a little bit about the technology that you implemented to go from full service to quick casual? Oh yeah, absolutely. We uh, we implemented Toast. Boom. Boom. Um, actually, Title sponsor. See? Yeah. You like how we set that up, Toast? Hey, actually, I think I introduced you to Toast. You did. Just you had to you had Toast before we did. <laughs> yeah. You did. We did. Um, you know, I spent four years looking for a new point of sale. Uh, and I had gone back to the National Restaurant Association convention in Chicago one May. Um, I happened to be there speaking about women in business with nice. ChefWorks. And um, I was able to you know, hang out with the folks at Toast. I think I was the most annoying person <laughs> on the floor. I'm sorry. Because um, I just we're kept going people. back. Yeah. <laughs> we like what we like, and we're going to get questions. We're going to oh. get them answered, OK? I think I had hours of questions, yes. and so I kept showing up, well, what about this? Do you have this feature? How does this function work? And I'm like playing on the machines. I think I stepped away and like had a corona, came back, and was like, now I have more questions. Um, so we, we just got through a whole bunch of different questions, and I thought, you know what? Not only will this work now, because I was really looking towards the future, this will grow with us. This is something that because toast can change so quickly to adapt to situations that are happening and um, it's not housed, you know, like the, the system isn't yeah. housed here, it's in a cloud, people can get in there, reprogram, make it work. Obviously, it's not this fast, um, <laughs> but it is yeah. pretty quick. And then send it back out to us. Um, I think that toast, having toast was critical in surviving all of the regulations from the last few years yes. because we were able to overnight pivot to being an online business when we needed to be um, to also adding to goes to doing you know partial this and partial that and um, because of the flexibility of the technology that we had it allowed us to run the business the way we needed to yes. so um, having the right technology honestly is everything I, we couldn't agree more I mean it was <laughs> it was during Father's Day during the pandemic oh my God. 
when we had an entire restaurant of people outside of the restaurant because the restaurant was closed. Yeah. And we had people in the parking lot and they were ordering online and we couldn't process those orders because we hadn't switched to toast. Uh -huh. And I had somebody in the, re in the parking lot complaining to me, you know, I was fighting fires, taking accountability, I'm very sorry. And they said, you know what, you should really fix your website. Mm. You know, we host a digital hospitality podcast, we care about technology, we're early adopters, and I'm like, you know what, you're absolutely right. We need better online ordering, and that's why we switched to Toast, but I agree. Like, for us to be able to become a digital restaurant, to adapt to the needs, to actually build a more profitable business, we really have to have primary technology partners, people like Toast, and there's other incredible POS companies. The Toast is our point of sale, it's your point of sale. One of the things for me that I'm always fascinated with is mentorship and coaching. Some people are really good at attracting mentors. Are you? Uh, I, I think I'm hit and miss, to be honest. I think sometimes I have great mentors, and sometimes I feel like a little lone fish, like swimming in the sea. Like, I'm the me. only restaurant owner in the world. No. <laughs> um. People know, people that are listening to this podcast, if you own a restaurant owner, sometimes... A lot of the times it feels like that. Like I'm in an echo chamber talking to myself, <laughs> like, what about this idea? That's great, right? Oh, yes. yeah, it's great. Um, anyhow, um, but that's not always the case. Really, uh, I think attracting mentorship is more about being vulnerable yeah. and making that ask for help or just building relationships and having deep friendships where you can say, hey, what about this idea? Can yeah. I bounce this idea off of you? I mean, I think I've reached out to you yeah. a number of times. We talk like, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, about all kinds this? of different crazy <laughs> Stuff that you'd never expect. There, there's no business playbook, no restaurant playbook where you're like, this is how it's going to happen because yeah. it never happens like that. No, no, it's like parenting. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same uh, thing, correct. Gosh, yeah, you think you've got it down. Yeah. And right as you get it down, it changes on you. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that mentorship is critical. Um, and I don't know that I'm always the best at it. I also love to be a mentor. I feel like I spend a lot of time doing that with the team here. And I think it's why so many of them come back. Yeah. So my little birdies fly off and go do their professional life things, yep. and then they like stop back home for a little while, and then they like continue to grow. Um, so for me, that gives me a lot of life, like being able to be part of mentorship in that way as the mentor. Um, but I think being the mentee is also critical. There's a lot of relationships that I've carried with me from yes. like 25 years ago, where people are still mentors for me, um, where I don't touch bases often, but whenever I do, the lesson's still deep. Um, so I always talk about Matt Okita. Uh, he was a GM at Rock Bottom when I was there, and he is still one of my favorite people. And um, I'm not kidding. Every time I sit down with that man, I walk away like, wow, okay, awesome. What did he teach you? He taught me about being a human in this business. Um, he taught me about putting people first because I'd worked with a lot of people. This is old school restaurant mentality, you know, of profits, profits, profits at any cost. You like abuse people and just like use people to get what you need out of them so that you can turn a dollar, right? I mean, that really is what our business was founded on yeah. for years and years and years. Unfortunately, 100% right. And especially, I, I don't pull the card often because I just don't. Um, I don't always think it's necessary, but it's still real, like being a woman in that business and in a bar business, there's certain things that come with it. Um, and there's not a lot of love for you when you're like a pregnant manager. Um, wow. <laughs> and Matt always made it about people first. He always wanted to care about the person. He wanted to make sure that people were um, being uh, thought after and cared for and have real discussions with people about their lives. Um, and what he taught me is that people don't work for businesses, they work for people. Yes. Um, and 
uh, that was invaluable. So when I was pregnant and like having a hard time going up and down stairs uh, because my body was like, hey, kiddo, get out. And the doctor was like, no, no, please wait. It's only five months. Um, he, he put a recliner in the chef's office for me to take breaks. This is wow. in a corporate restaurant. That's rad. And it made it so that there was always a shift manager on in addition to me who had access to the safe so I didn't have to go up and down the stairs wow. and, except for twice. I had to go at the beginning of the shift and then to put everything away at the end of the night. And like, it's those little things. Those are the things that you remember and, and value. Um, I can, that's like such a small drop in the bucket uh, when it comes to Matt Okita. But it's, it's just that humanity, you know, putting people first. The humanity and back, we learn through lessons and stories and it might not seem like a big deal, a recliner for somebody that's on your staff that is pregnant, mm -hmm. that is working probably harder than you should be working. It was only 60 hours a week, it was lying, it's no big deal. But the, fa <laughs> but the fact that he took the time and the effort to do that, to show his humanity, is why we love this business and why we love sharing the lessons and stories that come with it. The people that are listening to this that are thinking about getting into the business, that want to open up their own, just don't do it. <laughs> Always tell people there, that. <laughs> just don't do it. Yeah. But if you are crazy enough, if you're part of the 1% that actually want to do it, what kind of words of encouragement can you give them? Learn to meditate before you get to the restaurant business. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think being able to take a deep breath, honestly, is one of the most important things uh, in this business because things happen fast and they're difficult, and they're high stakes, and um, you've got to learn how to pause. I think um, saying, I need just a moment, is one of the most important things um, that I've learned across time. Somebody's totally going to answer that. Um, <laughs> one ring. <laughs> one ring yeah, pickup. we did it. <laughs> Boom, one ring. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, in any case, I, I do believe that um, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, well, bad let's podcaster. Talk, talk to yourself when you were back opening this restaurant. Oh, we're what, talking what, about yeah, advice if, for somebody opening Advice for somebody. So yeah. tell I mean, yourself, what, what, what would you want to know uh, if you could go back? Learn how to meditate first. <laughs> Partnership is everything. Um, get into business with somebody you trust, um, whose opinion you trust, who you uh, share the same values with. I, I think that is the most important um, thing when it comes to building um, a business with somebody else. Um, and the, what else could I tell you? Do your research and be unapologetically, fiercely critical of everything you do inside your restaurant. Be willing to fail. And um, most importantly, this is not about you. So you're doing this for the community. You're doing this for the people who walk in. You're doing this for the people who work with you. Um, and mind you, I say with you, not for you, for a reason. Yeah. Because none of these people work for me. They work with me. We work as a team. We work together. I'm no better than any of them are. I just have a bit more experience and have the opportunity to do this. Um, and this is only this because of them. So, um, yeah, I think, I think those are the things. Like, you know, I... I think it's so important for us to have humility, to be humble when it comes to understanding what we're not doing well and yeah. what we can do better. And um, 
that's a, it's interesting because we're really at that point right now. Um, and I'll say it publicly, like we've switched to this model, but we're not there yet. Correct. I mean, we're doing okay. Yep. But okay has never been good enough for me. My only goal for our team is excellence. Um, and we're falling short of that right now. You know, so every day I'm talking to my staff about where are we at? How can we do this better? How can we reach our goal of always giving vintage hospitality in this model? Yes. I've never done this before. Yeah. Um, so uh, I don't have access to all of the like the tricks and what makes it work and how we have these like great connections with people in this very short period of time. Right. Um, but I can tell you last night I went through a drive through because yes, I'm a chef and I still eat crappy food. <laughs> um, I went through a drive-thru and I had a young lady make me feel like I was the most important person in the world. Isn't that amazing? And cared for and loved on. Isn't that amazing? Yes. So it's amazing. It, oh, it's the best thing ever. It's it stands out this. because it's so rare and it shouldn't be so rare. That. It doesn't need to be rare. No. All it took was care. Yes. So care, we talk about our three tenants here, right? And our, our, it's our three-legged stool, so to speak, right? The things that everything else rests on um, in order for us to give vintage hospitality, which is really, um, you know, our commitment to communication, our commitment to our community, and our commitment to care, yeah. right? That's it. Those are the things that we do. And along the way, we serve some food. I love it. What's the uh, best place for people to find you online? Oh, the best place? There's lots of them. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. You can Google Stacey Poonkin and you oh, can Lord. see lots of content. One of the one of the most impressive things you can do is build your online profile so that people from all over the globe can recognize you when you're in Rome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been really lucky to have some help along the way. Yes. Um, we all have help. But that's why we put on this podcast, to help other people that are listening. Yeah. Well, you can reach out. You can reach out directly to me um, or check out the business. I am uh, across platforms at SPK. K Cooks. So again, that's SPK, like Stacy Poon Kinney, because my ma my name is a mouthful. It's hard for everybody. Um, SPK Cooks. Uh, so I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I have a Twitter account. Did we get you account. on TikTok yet? Um, no. She will be on TikTok. This guy's. She will me. be on TikTok. <laughs> Stacy will be on TikTok by the time this episode drops. Oh, oh, okay. One hundred percent. She will. I'll be go on, on TikTok. TikTok. If you'll do a dance with me. Done. I'll do. I'll, my son. My son will do. No, my, you my have son's to do the it. lead dancer. Kaleen is the lead dancer by far. Oh, no, we're I'll do a do dance. It. No problem. Oh, no problem. If that gets you on TikTok, I'm all in. Holy cow! All yeah. right. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, uh, so I'm doing this thing. And you then, are. You are doing that thing. Where else? <laughs> and then also the restaurant. So the Trails Eatery. And yep. again, you know, Facebook, Instagram, apparently TikTok. TikTok. Yes. <laughs> Short form video. All in on short form video. Doing it. Yeah. So if you guys want to connect with me, it's at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. If you want to email the show, Sean at CaliBBQ.media. Stacy, you are a true legend in the hospitality business. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your friendship. Uh, thank you for everything that you do for the community. We, uh, we hope you guys enjoy the episode and uh, please tune in next week and share, share the story with somebody that's uh, in the restaurant business that you think could benefit from the show. Thanks for having me. Good Got to be it. here. Thank you for having us. Oh, <laughs> my pleasure. Anytime. You're always welcome here. <laughs> Thank you. On Restaurant Influencers, you will learn how to share your brand story online from the best smartphone storytellers in the restaurant and hospitality space. Powered by Entrepreneur Media and Yelp, our weekly show will explore the creator economy ecosystem so that you can find opportunities for your food business to grow. Thanks to Toast, our primary technology partner at Cali Barbecue Media, for not only sponsoring this show, but for helping restaurants become digital first businesses. 
If you want to learn more about why we switched from Aloha to Toast after 12 years in business and how Toast can help your restaurant become a digital first restaurant, please send us a DM today at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. Thank you.